Hello and welcome to Stinger Madness Year 4 in Review Part 1. What's that smell? I don't know about you, but I'm thirsty as fuck. Thirsty, thirsty, thirsty as fuck. Hey, look at me! Thrill me. If you come back in here, I'm gonna hit you with so many rights, you're gonna beg for a left. Thrill me. Beg for a left. Thrill me. Welcome to Sneaker Madness, the podcast about bad movies for bad movie lovers by bad movies, however that goes. Uh, I'm your host, Justin. With me, as always, are Sam and Jackie. This is our special episode that we do each year called our Year in Review, uh, where we profile our 10 favorite films from the previous year of podcasting and uh, look forward to the next year, which will be year five. Year five, rolling out the big guns. With kicking off America 3000. Oh, five. my God. Yeah. Well, that's probably going to be year in review, year five. Something. Somewhere. Like that. So how we do this is uh, each one of us will go through, uh, break down our top 10 list, starting from number 10, working towards number one. Uh, this will be a two-parter. We'll do the top 10 through uh, five today uh, and then next week. We'll be looking at uh, numbers four through one, because we like to spend a little bit more time talking about those ones. And uh, also after that, we'll talk about uh, the best films we saw from uh, 2017. Yes. So uh, feel free to go back. Uh, I think that this is like, I, I see this every time. And for some reason, this is the lowest downloaded episode every year and i think i still just can't say it enough i think it's the most important yeah it's odd but it seems like we get more feedback on these sometimes yeah even though yeah. the listenership isn't as good yeah so uh go back if you ever want to have uh good stinker shitty movies recommendations yes. our urine review is where to go to find the best uh jackie hello to you you haven't said shit not a thing well i was letting you guys old men out oh <laughs> You know, reminiscing about the last four years. <laughs> Uphill both ways. Yeah. Uh, four feet the flag of snow. Yeah. To find each other. What? <laughs> that's, that's so, pretty, yeah. Pretty I, weird. I was just letting you guys old man out. I was all like, right. all right, well, it's going to stop eventually. And if it doesn't, then I'm going to have to do what I do to my grandpa and hit you in the head with a roll. <laughs> a roll. Like a dinner roll? Yeah. I chucked that's... a dinner roll at him one Thanksgiving and he's like, throw me a roll. <laughs> So I did, and I hit him square in the forehead, and he was like, oh, and I'm like, oh, dude, sorry, oh, man, <laughs> and then I excused myself and laughed my ass off, <laughs> which probably wasn't very quiet, so <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. I also let the dog eat the butter that year, and then just put it on the table anyway. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <Good> Jackie. <laughs> That's horrible. Uh, yeah. Hey, you get, yeah, I don't think you give a dog butter. Oh, it just jumped up there. It was a basset hound. Yeah, that's that's a one-way ticket to an upset stomach. Like, you're going to have to pick up I think the dog does diarrhea. Mind. Well, I, sure, it doesn't mind. It'll eat its own shit, right? Yeah, well, I think that, like, the if a basset hound eats an entire stick of butter, it get like, that stomachache is pleasurable for a dog. <laughs> <laughs> just lubes everything up. Yeah, nice it's just like, shoots whoa. right out. <laughs> the dog's like, he was worth it. Uh, <laughs> Look at those poor bastards eating my butter. <laughs> 
And I made sure to set it on the side of the table that I wasn't going to sit on, so I wouldn't use it. My tongue butter. That's just, oh, Jackie, you're, you had quite the adventurous childhood. Uh, let's start with you, Jackie, since you've uh, kind of earned your, earned your way into doing that. Uh, where are you at for number 10? Buffalo Rider. Buffalo oh, Rider. I think that would make the list. That's right. The uh, Mormon film uh, about a guy on a buffalo. The Mormon film about abusing animals. Right. <laughs> Very much so. How could you not? How could this not make somebody's list? I mean, out of this year, it was just so ridiculous. And the fact that he punches a cougar in the face. Is still one of the greatest stunts that's ever been performed. And, you know, the the raccoon that's making dumplings or whatever uh-huh, that uh-huh. raccoon is doing. Right. The many raccoons that were killed in the right. making of the film. Wh- which raccoon? <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know. I just... uh I laughed my ass off during this movie. I just thought it was entertaining and fun. And I don't think that you're really going to find many movies like this again, mostly because they have laws now that protect animals. Yes. So, and nothing about this story was true, even though they tried to play it off as Mm -hmm. an educational story. Right. There's no way that any of that stuff happened. Well, there There was a guy that rode a buffalo. Yeah. There's also raccoons that get attacked by cougars. Sure. Uh, That part was probably true. Uh, my problem with Buffalo Rider is the same reason, like, I just can't in- get myself to get behind movies like Calamity of Snakes. Yes. The animal cruelty is just too hard for me. You, there's there's 30 minutes of that movie, this raccoon getting assaulted by a cougar, and then going down a river trapped in ice? Like, it, it's mean. It's horrible. So it's not as bad as calamity of snakes, but it's bad. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Well, and I think that my choice might have also been influenced by the four YouTube videos of of this movie with the song. Yeah. Now, that's the reason I wouldn't put it in there, because ultimately it doesn't live up to the four. The condensed version with the guy singing is better than the movie by itself. Yeah. Yeah. Is the problem that I have with it. Because by the time we got to it, it was like I would I had already been overwhelmed by its ridiculousness. And ultimately, the guy singing is doing a pretty good job. <laughs> like that's, a, that's a funny song. Uh, I still, I, I, I do not fault you for putting it on your top 10 list, Jackie, uh, because it is such a weird film in general. And then the fact that it's a, that it's kind of a propaganda piece, propaganda, propaganda piece by the LDS church and uh, Brigham Young Uni- University as far as like, it, it's, it's just a weird, why would you do this? type question mark movie that has a lot of sheer insanity in it. Yes. Uh, Punching a cougar in the fucking face is stunning. So I I don't fault you. Yeah. And as you're saying, the weirdness of it, it's sort of like if you were to do, if you were to reduce the movie into a mathematical equation, Mm -hmm. they've provided this, like they want to say something, right? But they don't know. So instead they've made this movie. That's like four plus four equals 17. Yeah. Right. And you're like, okay, what? It, it reminds me of the same type of production and storytelling, not quite as tragic. And like, really? Wow. But it's that same, like, vein as Zindi, the Jungle, jungle Boy. Jungle Boy, yeah. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you guys doing here? 
I'm pretty sure that the baby in that movie did not make it. <laughs> oh my <laughs> the god! One that went across the river. <laughs> it's terrible. And that baby drowned before they got past oh. that. A the buffalo is struggling with crossing the goddamn river. How that guy fucking stays on that buffalo throughout this movie, like how he was not killed. Yeah, exactly. How everyone wasn't killed. And then there's the, like a baby strapped to the side of a buffalo, which take the river out of the equation is still a problem for the fucking baby. It's not. Never shake a baby. Putting a baby on a buffalo is like putting him in a paint shaker. And then drowning it oh. inside of a, in a river. It's like it's like we're not going to notice that that baby is completely submerged <laughs> while it's on the side of this buffalo. But it's insane. Sam, let's hit you next. Mine is another weird one. Uh-huh. I picked it sh- sh- sheerly because of its like same qualities. The specialist. Oh, with uh, Adam West, Adam West, yeah. yes, yeah, the the uh, the honey pot, the honey trap. It's yeah, she's the specialist. It's the most dubious plot <laughs> I've seen in years because it's like this town is having a legal issue with some water rights. Right, it's a water dispute. Yeah, <laughs> Chinatown does a better job with it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say that right up front. Uh, but yeah, there, theirs is a little bit like more minor. It's, Who owns this pond, basically? <laughs> and we, yeah, and the, so one guy that's lived there longer, it's like, oh, there's a hot shot of dirty in town, and he's gonna take the water. And his guy's like, okay, <laughs> right. We need to bring somebody in on this, and so they do. They bring in a lady to have sex with him, the talent, but to well, seduce yeah. him. And they put her on the jury because uh-huh. the only way that they can fix the water right problem or fix quote unquote is to get him kicked off of the trial. So the way we're like, well, what we'll do is go get a honey pot and we'll put her on the jury and he won't be able to not have sex with her. <laughs> and then we'll never have to worry about anybody stealing our pond. Not to mention, like, we're talking about a jury. <laughs> Over a water right. dispute. I'm yeah. pretty sure that uh, civil litigation doesn't have juries. You know, mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, like it's, it's supposed to be the crime of the century. Yes. Who owns this fucking water? Like, they're getting in Johnny Cochran and shit. Uh-huh. Like, we got to have the A-list. But we got to sabotage him because he won't be able to not have sex with her. <laughs> I personally like that if they can get one person on the jury, you know that they can get the other people. Uh, so, like... They should have to have stacked. sex with him? <laughs> well, you don't know if that's his type, right? You've got to... I do because he has gotta, sex with her. <laughs> You've got to throw in a couple more. You know, just in case he likes, like, Asians or Oh, oh, Hispanic so you, uh, give people. him a variety of... Yeah, you got to yeah. have a, a couple of really different kinds uh-huh, of ladies. Uh-huh. So all of a sudden there's this town that's having a water dispute where a guy's like, I've been water in my orchard for free and I need to keep it that way and some other guy's like well, it should be a park <laughs> and uh, so what you do is you bring in like the Swedish bikini team right and then you throw them on the jury and nothing will ever get done uh-huh. everybody's it, it, having sex except with for he's it, at the critical point in this film he looks at everybody and says I'm into furries and they're like fuck, fuck. let him have the water whatever let him man. have the water <laughs> Yeah, we don't want it now. <laughs> yeah, we know what's happened there. And then when she does finally seduce him, they like sort of fall in love, right? But they have sex in the water that they're disputing. <laughs> yeah, that's my other great part about this 
sort of dubious nature of this film is that when you finally see it, because he's like, this beautiful land should be for everyone. And you look at it like, let the fucker use the piece of shit pond of water in the fucking <laughs> orchard. It's a, that, that place sucks. <laughs> yeah, it was not beautiful. Yeah, the the specialist is a bizarre, like, who came up with it? Like, and it's, it's portrayed like it's one of the most you know, greatest capers of all time. Yeah. Like, what a crime story. A, there's no crime. It's a civil case. And B, you just have a judge decide whose it is based off of, uh, you know, title. Well, there's another simple answer. It seems like the guy using it to water his orchard or whatever it was uh-huh. for all these years hasn't drained the fucker. Right. They could have had it both yeah, ways. Yeah. You know what? It's water. Everybody gets it. Yeah, it's going to rain in there and refill it. So I think we're good. <laughs> yeah. A river comes in from the north. Some comes out of the south. It's weird. What What would the specialist have been if Judge Judy was on it? <laughs> I don't know if they would have even made it to trial. Yeah. No, they wouldn't. Uh, they wouldn't have had time to have the honeypot trap because Judy would have been like, are you kidding me with this? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> But if it would have gotten to the trial phase, she would have taken one look at Hot Lips McGee and been like, no, you're not even from this town. You get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Oh. And then they just the name the specialist. Like, well, let's bring in a specialist. Uh-huh. No one is specialized. Right. This is such a specific task. <laughs> I got to land on a jury and bang the opposing attorney to get him off of the case. You're like. This is what you specialize in? <laughs> How is that possible? Banging dudes. And then we can't fail to mention Adam West at the the last, the penultimate scene of this film where Adam West loses his shit. Oh, yeah. And freaks out and, hey, guess what? He's got a gun! Like, <laughs> really? A gun? For water rights? What the fuck is this film? Yeah, I like The Specialist. Yeah. That's a good pick, Sam. What do you got, Justin? My number 10 is a uh, not in the same vein as you guys. Uh, this is a fairly common plot uh, called Death Row Game Show. Death Row Game Show was on the outside looking in. Yeah. No, I, I really enjoyed it uh, yeah. be- because mostly because it's such a conventional plot in the 80s, you know, uh, murder TV. I mean, of course, we had uh, The Running Man, which we just did an episode on, you know, uh, three weeks ago. Uh, and then there was my favorite shoot 'em up game of all time was Smash TV. Yeah. Uh, it, it, there was books about you know uh, turning, uh, you know the entertainment of television into murder mm-hmm. basically for because people were craving that. Uh, same with uh, Death Race two thousand, but that was in the seventies. But that same vein of of entertainment, and I thought that Death Row Game Show said. Nothing about society other than making fun of it. Like, mm. like it, it carried no important message. It just took this genre and was gag joke after gag joke after gag joke that were legitimately funny jokes, uh, for especially for a budget movie. Um, none of them were corny yeah. that I, I, like, laughed at ironically, like, oh, that's so stupid. I just had a lot of fun watching it. And you could tell that while they were making it, they were having fun putting it together. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I think it's extremely the uh, the writing is strong. And in that sort of like super sub genre that you'd go into mm-hmm. these, 
I think it's sort of the wildest ride. I think it's more fun than any of these other movies. Like I really like the running man and I really, really like death race 2000 death row game show is sort of the most fun start to finish. Uh huh. Yeah. It doesn't I doesn't have any dry spots really. No. And the, the, the idea that they had for it is, you know, you've got these, anytime you go down this territory, it's kind of dark. It, it, you, the best you could do is a black comedy, right? You're po- you're bringing up something that you're trying to say where they don't do that in Death Row Game Show. They give you what you want, which is to see people get murdered on television. <laughs> like it's kind of a bold choice for them to do to go that way with with and have it be a, a not dark comedy. It's just a comedy. So uh, I approve of Death Row Game Show. Not to mention, I still stand by my earlier statement that I 100% guarantee that the lead actor is uh, Deadpool's dad. The fuck is that guy's name? Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, he has got to be Ryan Reynolds' father. Like, I'm sorry, Ryan, you're adopted. Your dad was in this movie. That's, yeah, Clive Owen's real dad is uh, George Lazenby, whether they know it or not. The f- Oh, I thought you were being serious. Like, the fuck? What? <laughs> <laughs> Bombshell. Uh, yeah, no, I think they might be the same guy, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. So uh, that's my number 10. Jackie, you didn't see Death Row Game Show. You missed out. That's right. I have that's s- why I'm not talking. It's been a long time, actually, since I've seen it. I would do it again. Uh, I don't think it's an episode because it's actually kind of a good movie. But uh, Jackie, let's uh, hit you number nine. Radical Jack. Radical Jack made my uh, honorable mention. Much higher. Really? Wow. Didn't make my top 10. Really? Yeah. But Radical Jack, uh, you liked it that much. Oh, yeah. We got to find this guy. He's right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> In his Jeep watching us. The action is as dubious as the two of the three movies we've talked about previously. Right. It's just sort of like it's an impossible thing. Could you be less action-packed, Billy Ray Cyrus? Hold on, let me try. <laughs> and then he does, and you're like, oh my god, I thought that Zero was an absolute, and you've gone into the negative on being action-packed. Oh, come on. He, he, he slid underneath the bed to protect himself. Right. That was he, pretty action-packed. He hides under a bed. His name, he's got a code name, Radical Jack, and his secret move is hiding under a bed. <laughs> god damn it, really? That's... Yeah, he's got, you know, D.D. Pfeiffer ready to take her shirt off. And he's like, I need you to do something. She's like, oh, I'll I'll give you a blowjob. And he's like, could you go give me a hill shake? (laughs) (laughs) It's the only Um, way I'm going to make it to the next scene. Yeah, I got to stay regular. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) I also like that he's so radical that he lets the situation get to the airplane hangar where all the drugs are uh-huh. and everybody shoots each other. Right. But if you're that radical, wouldn't you have stopped it like at the bar? Maybe you should have. Yeah. Like, I, well, I guess if he had stopped it early, the, the Colombian missile buyer yeah. wouldn't have arrived and they couldn't arrest him because he's the guy that killed radical Jack's family. Right. Not, not yes. the, not the gun runners, but the gun purchaser. So he had to get him into the country, Jackie. Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's a uh, he doesn't even care about uh, these the 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 gun broker, the guy who owns a, a cabin in the woods and uh, also can get his hands on 
stinger missiles like that's the thing that's huh? really like another left fielder in radical jack is that it's you're figuring these people are going to be sort of radical jack i think is a fourth tier secret agent right uh-huh. right these are sort of you're expecting all these people to be like kind of bottom shelf in the world of arms dealing but no they're, and they're not even stinger. it's like they're fucking missiles that you'd mount to a jet right like well that's not a gun that's a that's a fucking missile like you could, what are you gonna do with those you could blow up a base yeah with those real estate development whoa that fucker from the specialist that's my goddamn pond oh, and if i can't have it yeah, nobody will that's right yeah no shit. it's a good thing they just got somebody to have sex with adam west <laughs> otherwise they would have had to blow him up with one of his missiles while he's having sex yeah. at the pond and then you go you blew up the fucking pond yeah but I, it was it had a nice ending though because you know he did get a white trash love, uh-huh. and they ride off in into the sunset in his jeep. Uh, Radical Jack is also one of those very rare occurrences where it's a do, no matter whether you have riff tracks or not riff tracks. Yes, like it's so bad and terrible, and he sucks so hard. But that, he's, he was quite handsome. Uh, fine, fine. I have no problem. I, I really would have liked if there had been a series of Radical Jack movies. Like, if that, if he had been just Stone, like, yes. w- able to do that, I would have watched every single Radical Jack oh, movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but, but like, you typically can't do Mystery Science Theater movies or Riff Tracks movies without them and enjoy them. Like, you know, y- you have to see movies like Monster Go-Go, of course. But sure. you, you wouldn't. You wouldn't want to normally. No, Secret uh, Agent Super Dragon's yeah, very tough to right. watch. Uh, Radical Jack is just, you can, two friends uh, by yourself. Uh, you're, it sets itself up so hard that you can be the least funniest person in the world and just as funny as Mike Nelson uh, from Rift Tracks. Yeah, it's, I, Billy Ray Cyrus is the largest target on earth. Yep. You can't miss him. Not to mention that, you know, it's a, it's a mashup of Roadhouse and Commando. And, Rambo. And Rambo. But he doesn't and sing, not once. He doesn't do, it doesn't have any of the good qualities of those films. And Just nothing some of, happens. Not, some of their setting elements. He works at a bar. That's it. <laughs> he goes to work and builds a shed that you can't get to. <laughs> get in because it's just a closed box. Right. Uh, Radical Jack is awesome. And, but I, I seriously, man. I life's regrets that there was never a radical Jack too. Oh yeah. Yeah. We missed out. The only thing that I would want more than a radical Jack series is if they would have had more Duncan Jack's movies. Yeah. Oh yeah. What it like, you know, there, there's a meme running around on the internet because, uh, infinity war just released on uh, Friday and, uh, you know, Avengers infinity war is the most ambitious crossover event of all time. Fine. Mm-hmm. But what would have been more epic would be Radical Jack, uh, Duncan Jacks, and Stone Cold. Oh wow! In one film, that would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, I could see like you'd have Stone Cold and Radical Jack riding their Harleys, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden, swooping into the shot in an ultralight, it was Boone piloting. Duncan, and that's like the trifecta of awesome is these two motorcycles and an ultralight being driven by a baboon. Right, with uh, Duncan just hanging from a rope ladder underneath yes. it and like being smarmy the entire time. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Well, Boone would throw, you know, 
dynamite at them. Well, let's be honest. If these, if this was the most epic crossover of all time, Radical Jack and Stone Cold, and really pretty much Duncan Jacks wouldn't get anything done. Boone would solve the the yeah. crime. He'd take care of everything. I think Saito show up with more gadgets again, and oh, they took care of it. Yep. Duncan's too busy with these ladies. Let's have some champagne. Yeah. And Duncan or uh, Radical Jack is like, I like Asahi. Because <laughs> Asahi guy. It gives, it gives birth to Asahi guy. You can't not have it in the top ten. Yeah. Yep. Sam? Number nine for me is Coon Coon. Coon Coon. Coon Coon, the Dirty Harry remake from Bollywood. Yeah, from uh, 76, somewhere on there. Yes, it was made pretty much the year after. Yeah. Like, they were like, oh, let's just make that. Yeah. But we can't because Dirty Harry is a real dark movie, so... We're going to make a serial killer movie, and we're going to lighten things up a And we're going to have singing and dancing in it. We're, and we're not just going to add singing and dancing, because we that's not enough to lighten up Dirty Harry's story. You have to have a sidekick that doesn't get killed. And beyond not getting killed, you know what he likes? Eating eggs. <laughs> Pencham is like one of my favorite new characters yeah, from any movie. Right. Because Dirty Harry's sidekicks get killed horribly uh-huh. all the time, but they can't do that in a Bollywood movie, so they have Pencham. And... So you have the entire plot of Dirty Harry. You've got the singing and dancing that adds another 45 minutes. Right. And then they're like, oh, well, you know, Pensham needs his own whole side story where uh-huh. he's like got a fiance and her father-in-law likes eggs, too. So Pensham's <laughs> always stealing her father, his, his father-in-law to bees eggs. He's like eating them in these like horribly uh, copied Marx Brothers <laughs> routines uh-huh. where they're doing such a bad job that it becomes twice as funny as the stuff that they're copying because of just sort of sheer comedic incompetence. Yeah, he's like like Sammo Hung. Like, he's not uh, obviously Sammo Hung's ability to uh, punch and kick people, but uh, like that goofy, kind of chubby yeah. guy that is compliments Jackie Chan perfectly in everything that they ever did together uh pencham is awesome yeah and meanwhile you know because dirty harry isn't married until he doesn't even have a love interest until later in the series and he did it because of fan mail Uh but they can't do that in that movie so the lead detective is married and him and his wife sort of fall in love musically over and over again throughout the film Uh uh-huh well he works a lot so you know they have to keep things you know Exciting. Yeah, tell each other that they love each other. At least, you know, every couple of days with a musical number. And in typical Bollywood fashion, no offense to uh, the Bollywood people that uh, make these films, but the music is not good and the dancing is quite terrible. Uh, I love it. And I especially love the song sung by the Maharaja or whatever this, this... Zen leader of of people is where he's a pacifist and he's like sings a song knowing that he's going to get like there's an assassin out to kill him. And he's like, I wouldn't really like it if you shot me, but if you have to shoot me, it's fine because of Zen. So be nice. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead anyway. And then the killer's like, oh, crap. He convinced me not to shoot him with Mm -hmm. song. Yeah, it's the diversions from Dirty Harry that make it really special. That, like, all things considered, you knew you couldn't make Dirty Harry, but you did it anyway. Right. Good job. 
Uh, here's the thing. Uh, every Holly or every Bollywood movie we've ever reviewed has made it onto somebody's <laughs> top ten list. It's because, well, you know, we suffer over the ones that we're finally going to watch because uh, they are long. So we go through a rather long selection process on them, and I think that's sort of why once we finally pull a trigger on one, though, they're they're pretty hot shit. Yeah, we haven't not had a miss on a Bollywood film yet. Jackie, uh, me, Justin. Number nine for me, also a foreign film, uh, Naked Killer, mm. starring nobody whose name we can pronounce, uh, out of Japan in the 90s. Oh, no, Hong Kong. Hong Kong? Okay, uh, there you go. Uh, ridiculous, over-the-top, insane, the uber-violent, best- uh, just bananas constantly coming out of this film, and a man mistakenly eats a penis. So just that. accidentally because he didn't have breakfast. It was <laughs> right. like, yummy. We're, and then they're still looking for it like it's a crime scene. It's a great like, crime scene the, penis. <laughs> where's the penis? <laughs> I don't know. While he's eating it. Like, I don't know where it is. This sausage isn't very good. It's not cooked and really spongy and it like a penis. Like dick. <laughs> it is dick, Austin. It is a, it is a dick. <laughs> this this is one, one I did not watch. Okay, good. Glad you're. Glad you're bringing that in. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I like to try to contribute where it can. It made it. Much- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't have anything else to say. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, it made it. It was higher on my list. Okay. Uh, I would loved it. The thing that this, I think a really good way to describe it is uh, that we talked a little bit about the gun, the history of gun fu with uh, John Woo. John Woo. Yeah. And he had originally done it because he thought it was outlandish and stupid and that everybody's an asshole. Uh-huh. This is the evolution of what he would have wanted Gunfu to be. Yes. This thing is a spectacle right. of ridiculousness and Absolutely. it makes it amazing. Like it's it's like uh, to bring back a Bollywood movie, uh that opening sequence of Gun Day yes. where they're on the train for 2 hours. Yeah. Uh just so much jumping around and shooting and kicking and and flipping and flying and 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 but it's not like when I when you say kicking and jumping and flying, usually that applies to like a like a crouching tiger or hidden dragon type uh, uh, kung fu movie. Yes, this is not that. This is a cop movie with like assassins. So it doesn't have that like kung fu Shaolin feeling to it at all. It's just a city urban crime movie. With Bollywood elements in it. With, yeah, tons of wire work. Like, there's superhero killer But things. at no point is, like, that mentioned. No. Oh, hey, well, let's get Greg. He's got superpowers. Nope, they just, that's just how life is. Everybody has can fly and kick and jump and go all over the place. And eat dicks at a crime scene. <laughs> eating, the, eating the penis joke was just like, wow, and that's a good dick joke. We, it, we shouldn't fail to mention that... Uh, sporadically throughout people will just start flipping out and killing guys (laughs) like they just lose their shit and snap and just start blowing each other away out of nowhere there's a timer right for nonsense action and it just goes off on an interval regardless of what is happening in the movie world symptomatically it's like time for action Uh uh-huh push the button here it comes yeah i like naked killer a lot jackie Number eight. Number eight. Cool as 
Ice. Cool as Ice, starring Vanilla Ice. And uh, who was the lady in it? Was I've she... already forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. She was somebody. But, she is somebody. Yeah. Cool as Ice from 1991. Uh, Roaming motorcycle gang who has yep. problems. Oh, my God. About a motorcycle problem. They end up in a small town. And have sex sort of at a construction site with uh, Vanilla Ice and his shirt off. And you're like, wow. And he's just kind of darting at you like some kind of weird snake. Comedy body. He is a weird guy. Yeah. Rip Van Winkle. Rob Van Winkle. Rob Van Winkle. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that scene is weird because it's like you see her and there's this slow motion and they're twi- spinning around and then all of a sudden he's getting sprayed with water and it's like, Vanilla, are you trying to be the princess in this scene? Because I think <laughs> it should be the other way. You got to. Let her do that, and he's like, no, lucky, now I don't have a shirt on, and I'm just jumping through stuff. Look at me go. And you're like, okay, you're the bigger princess here. Good job. And the what, the movie itself, like the plot of the film, how you have Vanilla Ice being, but, you know, it's like a biker gang, as Jackie said, you know, he's cool guy, he's on motorcycle, and he comes into town, and, you know, there's... Uh, the teen girl whose dad doesn't like these rough element guys, but she falls in love with him because she's he's got a heart of gold. What's Anyways, the, it's the wild one, right? I was thinking Footloose, uh, but uh, you know, yeah, but he's same this movie. is statutory area, here. right? And but then you've got this like kidnapping plot as well, where sure. him and his biker gang dudes have to save the day so that they can convince the world that hey just because you have steps shaved into the side of your head and earring uh and make stupid pouty faces while with your arms crossed doesn't mean that you're a bad guy and also that his his like uncle and aunt or something live there right then they like play this game where they pretend like they're not related or uh-huh. something was uh-huh. the only way we could figure it out that that's like his aunt or whatever sort of maybe unclear they're just all weirdos and it's the most 90s movie that I have ever seen. Like, everything is so spastically 90s, design-wise. Sure. Uh, the editing, there's, like, uh, you know, uh, record-scratching cut transitions. And it, it's like watching an episode... Episode? Episode? Episode. Uh, an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air where the production team uh, did too much coke and then vomited all over the film. 90s pink and hot uh, hot lime color. Yeah, the 80s, the late 80s, early 90s neon craze. Neon craze, yeah. Was really bad. And everybody had to wear a ski jacket, but nobody skied. Right. And it wasn't even hot. It's 85 it's, degrees outside. You got a ski jacket. It's poofy as shit. Uh-huh, like, wow, uh-huh. that is so dumb. That eight ball jacket that uh, Will Smith used to always wear. Yeah. You know? And our parents are like, you need what? I got to have this pink jacket. Otherwise, everybody's going to make fun of me. And your parents are like, you have to have a pink jacket because if you don't, people are going to make fun of you because that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> well, Sam, that's because parents just don't understand. Exactly. I guess so. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I was disappointed that Vanilla Ice did not sing. Mm, yeah. No, he does. He, they, they've got the rap video at the beginning uh, during the credits. Oh, and the that's end. right. Yeah, that's right. But it's not it's not uh, it's not diegetic. It doesn't take place within the universe. That's right. Yeah. And I, I don't know, it's just kind of, uh, I kind of wondered when I was watching this, like, how how is this one person that doesn't have a bike getting around town here? 
Because, you know, everybody's got their own motorcycle, but then they're all going places. So they're having to double up. Two guys on a bike. Oh. Mm. Live like a cop, die like a man. Right. Absolutely. But that was on a scooter. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Jackie. So, cool as ice, why why did you like it? I think a little bit of nostalgia. Okay. Uh, You know, because I was was a kid in the 90s, late 80s, and... I just remember thinking Vanilla Ice was so cool. He was cool as ice. Yeah. And then, you know, here's this movie. He's on a motorcycle. He's saving the day. And it just all felt so damn corny. Oh, and I yeah. love the corny. Right. And uh, I all I could think was, I really want that jacket. <laughs> <laughs> he had a sweet jacket. And I remember thinking that was just rad. Yeah, corny nostalgia is a good way of putting Cool as Ice. Yeah. I, if you, but I think like the unfortunate thing about Cool as Ice is if you were like maybe born in like '85 or somewhere in there, sure. you might not get it. No, I would say even. So my brother is four years younger, and I think he missed Vanilla Ice. Yeah, and he was '83. Right. So I think that if you were, you, I think we're the bottom end of the of that sweet spot mm-hmm. because we were in like junior high when right. it happened. Yeah. And I'm going to actually say something very candid about myself. Mm. I hated Vanilla Ice oh. because I was such a fucking just biggest MC Hammer homer <laughs> on the fucking planet. And like anything that threatened MC Hammer, I uh-huh. would like attack viciously. Right. I loved Hammer so much. <laughs> I remember how like I listened to what was the third uh, MC Hammer Please album. hammer don't please, hurt. Please no. Please hammer don't hurt was the second. That mm. one was actually good. Hammer hammer time was the other one. The third one stopped. It's the one with the Adams Family song on it. Was the third yeah. one. Yeah, it stinks. And I listened to it probably thirty times trying to make it good by repeatedly listening uh-huh. to it, and finally was like, MC Hammer sucks. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. And another thing that happened right after that is it wasn't the Cypress Hill album that became popular, but it was their first one. I got that on the heels of it, and I was like, MC Hammer sucks. And that was the day that Sam's childhood ended. Yeah, yeah. And all that after I was playing Mario to gangster rap <laughs> changed my life, right? right. Uh, okay, cool as ice. Nice pick, Jackie. Sam? Uh, number eight for me is Get Mean, Tony mm-hmm. Anthony. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think the reason that I, this one stands out and make what this movie does that makes me want to talk about it and tell other people about it is that it just never decided whether it was an Arthurian tale or a Western. Yeah. It's a spaghetti Western with explosions. And then Magic. also there's like King Arthur business happening. Yeah, like what kind of genre bender is this thing? And why would you bend these genres? The, the there's like a super weapon. It's uh-huh. like the mult, it's the biggest genre blender where, it's being brought in by horses, so it looks like it's going to be some sort of like medieval trebuchet, but it's like a Gatling cannon thing on the back of it where the cannons spin around and shoot. It is ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. And then there's this, he goes into like a cave, they they capture the Nomad, because this is part of the Nomad series where yes. you've got this uh, uh, poncho wearing uh, Billy Jack pretender uh, traveling from place to place being uh you know uh uh kind of a bit of a uh arrogant asshole yeah as it were but he may or may not help you in your uh in your troubles and then at some point the the bad guys capture him and put him in 
a cave where there's magic secret beings that live in there. Like, like Trumpies are in there Mm -hmm. that fuck with him. And not really seriously. And then he gets out of there and it has nothing to do with anything. No, they just delayed him by putting him in a cave where subhuman, like the mole man was. Sure. What? I like, yeah, that's the, that's the special X factor of this movie is that it's part of the series and it's getting to the series point where they're just putting this character in situations and Tony Anthony holds the character perfectly. Like he's just this asshole that's a complete victim of circumstance mm-hmm. and the circumstances that are surrounding him in this one are bizarre as fuck. Very strange. And like there's and nothing develops, which is also great about it. Like there's, you'd think that there's going to be like a love thing with him and at least three women show up and you're like, okay, this is going to be the one. And he's just like, no, I'm trying to get the fuck out of here because this place is silly. Yeah. I'm just going to leave. Uh, it's like Sergio Leone teamed up with uh, Mario Bava and Bruno Mattei and made a weird, what is this bizarre Italian movie Yeah, inside of a Western King Arthur tale? It doesn't, and it, it is actually like the Nomad series is copying, copying the man with no name as well. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there is some homages paid there, but yeah, it is so strange. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. Uh, and Tony Anthony's fucking great in it. I, Tony, I became an instant Tony Anthony fan. Yeah. Like, I went out and bought uh, Coming At You because I was like, oh, Tony Anthony, it's right there. I'm going to grab it. He's like Han Solo with zero redeeming qualities. Sure. Like, you don't want to be this guy. No. You don't even want to know this guy. But he's that same sort of scoundrel. That you're like, yeah, man, this is this shit's working for me. He's the, he's what we love about Bill Paxton. Yeah, yeah. Like if Bill Paxton would have been Han Solo, you'd still like him, but not for the same reasons. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I like Get Mean quite a bit. Number eight for me, a uh, surprise uh, David A. Pryor movie called Rage to Kill, starring uh, actually Oliver Reed. Ollie Reed, this is my next one. This is my number seven, Okay, actually. all right. Do you want to team this up we'll right now? We'll just team it up right now. And it's not, the reason I like it is because it's not David A. Pryor. It's the AIP. It's the oh, only. It's, it's the, David Winner. Yeah, yeah, this is the first David Winner's movie that I was like, right. oh, he could do it too. Yeah. And yeah, it's Oliver Reed unfiltered. Very much so. And completely trashed. He is so drunk in two of the scenes he's on his lips incredible it makes me wonder how drunk david winners was behind the camera it makes me think that oliver reed may have had the ability to be the greatest actor of all time because somehow he gets through it Mm -hmm. uh and like if i was as drunk as he was i wouldn't be able to like lift my head off the table like he is hammered mm-hmm. and he still gets through the scene. He makes without it without killing someone. <laughs> and it's he doesn't just get through. He makes the scene while drunk. Right. It's incredible. Yeah. And he's drinking during the scene. Like it, one scene, he actually doesn't even talk. He just goes <laughs> and grabs a champagne bottle from another guy, <laughs> drinks it and throws it back at him. And, just <laughs> and he's like, he's supposed to be like a James Bond villain. Yeah. Like, Real bad guy, Dr. No style, you know, uh, taking over the world type bad guy. 
He's starting with this one island, and on this island, he's starting with the college. I don't know why. Yeah, he would there was a college take over in there. The college, uh, but he's drunk off his ass. Is is the supreme living in a volcano, mm-hmm. Skull Island, Doctor Evil type bad guy? That's so strange. There's well, you like- know, he didn't ask for this. He has to drink to get through the day. Right. He didn't want to be the king of all evil. <laughs> he just was forced into it by his dad. Yeah. His dad's uh, high expectations. Uh, yeah. He is always... <laughs> and when the people come to give him the bad news on how the war is going, uh-huh. this is ultimately a war. Right. He's like, God damn it, I'm trying to have a sexy party in this hot tub. <laughs> right. Get out of here. Get out of here. Got topless ladies. They were... Everyone was... They were all naked. Yes. Reed was naked. The other guy was naked. Uh-huh. They were having... They were like, oh, yeah, we'll just use this as a scene real quick. David, get out of the tub. Right. Wow. Or maybe the scene's over, Oliver. We've got other work to do. Let's do that tomorrow. You guys, uh, crew, go ahead and take off. Uh, Close the set on your way out. We're staying in the hot tub, and things are about to get a little weird. Yeah. It was was like David Winters had fully embraced the idea that he'll get up real early. And so if you start shooting at six, you're fine. You're still going to get him for six hours. But after lunch, it's, he's drinking highballs and it's going to get fucking crazy. Things are getting loose on set. Uh, the plot of this movie is also like, really? What? Race car driver Blaine Stryker. Oh, well, you've got me so far with your first four words. Okay. Uh, Blaine Stryker has a brother that goes to college on an island and Oliver Reed again is like having a coup. Yeah. Like he's taking over. There's a factory, like a refinery or something. They recycle it for space mutiny as well. Uh-huh. But that's what they were after. Maybe it's like a diamond mine or something like that, right? But right. there's this industrial facility. The college just happens to be next to it, right? But they're like, well, the college is next, so we better take that over too, right? And so Blaine Stryker's like, hey, my brother, he's been taken over by gorilla men uh i better get down there and help out because i'm also not just a race car driver i'm cia yeah he's a secret agent yes he's the most ruthless killing machine the earth has ever seen and but not to mention like uh the the other college kids as well because as soon as he gets there he like all right lock and load kids we're going to fucking war and these college kids go out and end the coup it's Huh. Well, there's like some townies too, right? So yeah, these townies team up with the college kids, and the townies are already like sort of this like weird elite fighting force for just being townies, uh, right? Exactly. And like, then the college kids ready are like, to well, go. There's no training montage about no. like how to shoot or load or do anything with guns. Blade Striker just shows up and is like, okay, attack. What do we got? We got some townies and some college kids. Sounds like the world's ultimate fighting force to me. So you're saying more than we need. More than we need. <laughs> like all these kids put themselves to college, you know, by being in Green Berets or something. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> yeah, Rage to Kill was fucking awesome. It was. Uh, that That's everything and I, I want in a shitty action movie from the 90s, for sure. Uh, man, uh, you, you remember when we were kind of, before we'd ever watched Deadly Prey, we were kind of afraid of the AIP movies because they were just maybe too shitty. Yeah. And now I just crave AIP movies. Uh-huh. I, fucking I want them all. Them. Yeah. Awesome shit. Jackie. Number six. 
Number seven for me, sir. Oh, number seven. Yeah, you're right. Because that was your eight and his seven. Jackie, number seven. Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. Good pick. It just has all of the great aspects. A weird little boy. Yep. In a 1800s outfit yep. with a little top Lord, hat. Little Lord Fauntlery, the undead <laughs> baby. Yep. <sighs> a cat that, you know, he was a decent cat. And then. Church. Church. Yeah. Church was kind of a butthole. Okay. He was he was temperamental. No, I wouldn't say he was a bad cat. But then they go and bury him up in the cemetery and he comes back and he's actually a better cat. He's, he's a better cat than when he was alive. Yeah. He goes, you know, he does his own thing, just kind of hanging out, eating the mice, you know, because that's what undead, you know, because they got to eat. Right. That's they, that's what they're I, hungry, too. That's what sure. I think is happening. Like you come back from pet cemetery and then you kill everyone and you kind of eat them. Uh-huh. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, the little kid getting hit by the semi-truck, and no, we're such a happy family. No fences. The town of the International Semi-Trucking Racing Circuit. Yeah, this is the this is the Nürburgring right. of, uh, of trucking. trucking. <laughs> That's right. And they live, they put the houses as close to the road as they can because it's like, well, got to be an obstacle. Otherwise, it's not the truck in Nürburgring. Like, the the brilliant thing about Petsamotary is every single st- every single scene has plot problems within it like there's not a well at least they got that part right in the throughout the entire thing all of it is broken yeah and you know it came up last night when we were talking to somebody a, a friend of ours while we were out drinking that pet cemetery is still like frightening to people like it it was scary yeah and it's so not because it's so dumb it's so dumb i think the scariest part of that movie was when the student gets hit by the trucker yeah outside of the college which doesn't make any fucking sense and his brains are hanging out Uh and he looks awful like he looks great for a dead person right yeah (laughs) (laughs) you're looking nice like good makeup effects on this dead guy Uh uh you know pound of hangover hanging out of the side of his head uh-huh. it was great and then after that it was just like mm, i don't know about this but i think my favorite thing about this movie is always going to be fred gwynn yeah the actor fred gwynn uh judd crandall yeah judd because of just the way he talks like you can never absolutely you can never ever find an actor that is ever going to do you don't want to go up there yep that's that's the bad path Got some whiskey, yeah. <laughs> whiskey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he's just drunk the entire time looking for a friend. Yeah. Now, Fred Gwynn is, it's just, he only did a little bit, but he, like, out of the park every time. Uh-huh. This one, the monster's is obviously out of the park because it was a cultural phenomenon, basically. Right. But he's also, like, sort of one of the three legs that makes uh, my cousin Vinny dynamite, right? Uh-huh. Like, it's, he's, him, the three of them make that movie special. Right. So, yeah, I love, I love Fred Gwynn. Yeah, he's great. Uh, Denise Crosby stinks. Uh, we shouldn't fail. Oh, yeah. yeah she's in that. Uh, she's awful. Whoever the guy is doesn't do a good job either. Uh, like when the cat is behaving badly or whatever, supposedly, it's like, oh, he's evil now because he doesn't like that guy. I don't like that guy either. Right, right. The he's cat, a dickhead. The cat does nothing wrong after yeah. it's reanimated undead. Now, little baby Gage... Uh, he does some pretty weird stuff. He, yeah. ha- he gets superpowers where he can fly up into attic and lift uh, grown p- people by their 
necks and he has access to ropes knots the, like undead baby gauge makes zero sense no he is the most quizzical zombie that has ever been on screen like i want to know what happened. the fuck is going on with baby gauge yeah i want to know what happened to that kid after he grew up and made this horror movie when he was so young you know where he's slicing people with a scalpel and uh-huh, uh-huh. biting people in the face and stuff and then he grows up as an adult and he doesn't bite people in the face, Jackie. When he kills Judd Crandall, he bends over and gives him gentle kisses on his neck. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't look like he's eating him. No, it's it so looks weird. like he's giving gentle kisses to an elderly uncle or something. Like, I love you, Judd. Oh. And his outfit, like, you buried him on top of a, a, a mountain, basically, because to get to the Indian burial ground... You gotta basically climb a mountain. It takes all fucking day. Yeah, it's and, a hike. And and all night to get back. And you're digging through rock. You're basically just piling up rocks on a child. Yeah. But you made sure to bring his little Lord Fauntleroy outfit and his cane and his top hat when you bury him in an ancient Indian burial ground? What the fuck are you doing? Well, he's got to look nice when he comes back. <laughs> Hello, Dad, I'm back. <laughs> yeah. This outfit was super expensive. <laughs> so weird i mean there's the sad thing is is there's only like like four frames of baby gauge in his in his hello governor outfit (laughs) but when they show when like because it's a reveal like you know baby gauge is in the house you know he's ready to kill some people but you don't really know what this undead baby's gonna look like. I mean, does he have his brains hanging out? Is he like, you know, a, a Romarian zombie mm-hmm. effects, you know, that type like as if Tom Savini was there with guts all over the place. And then like the reveal happens and you're like Is <laughs> 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 the little Lord Fauntleroy's gonna <laughs> kill him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I have more punch, sir? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you gonna kill are you gonna tap dance or the what's going horror. on? Here? <laughs> Well, you know, not to mention that this kid got hit by a semi-truck. There is no way in hell that they have enough pieces of this kid left (laughs) to have little Lord Fauntry. Fauntry. (laughs) Close enough. Uh, Petsamottery is going to go into my, like, lifelong top ten. Like, it's it's Hall of Fame. Shitty, awful, bad movie that is hilarious. The funniest thing about when we did the episode is that more people talk to me about that episode than most of them. And everyone said the same thing. There's so many things to talk about the broken plot lines, and every one of them said the same thing. Hey, I didn't realize that was spelled wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> the beginning, and I was like, Yeah, yeah, we uh, we did hit that one on the head, I guess. <laughs> I got that. Uh, yeah, the only reason I'm not putting it on my year in review is because it was on my year in review last year. Yeah, and uh, because I would just put it on my year in review every fucking goddamn yeah. year because I, I have full intention of watching Pet Sematary every year until I die. <laughs> And then you're going to have to bury me at the Maimot Indian burial just, ground. Oh, screw I'll, that. You are way too heavy yeah, to pack I'll, up a mountain. I'll come back to life no. and then just keep no. watching Petsamotary. We'll just bury you in a little Lard Fauntleroy outfit. <laughs> With a copy of Petsamotary. There you go. That's right. We'll, we'll spring for the top hat. Uh, Yeah. Brilliant. Love so it. what do you got for seven, Justin? Uh, Well, you're skipping Sam. Sam already so had it. Oh, yeah. Rage yeah. to Kill. Rage, Rage to, to Kill. kill. Uh, my number seven. Uh, I'm surprised you guys haven't brought it up yet. Sylvester Stallone in Cliffhanger. That one didn't even make my didn't make my list. Really, man, yeah. I fucking loved Cliffhanger. Really, yeah, it is so 
awesome action dumbness. Like it is everything about the Hollywood blockbuster, the summer movie yeah. that we had in the nineties where everything just is like, Oh my God, this is Razzie material out the ass. Everybody stinks. The plot is dumb. It's the idiot plot. These bad guys, John Lithgow is running the worst criminal operation that could possibly exist with no plans, no means of accomplishing his tasks. Like even if Sylvester Stallone wasn't in this movie, I'm pretty sure John Lithgow wouldn't have got his money because he would have managed to find a way to fall into a crevice and die of exposure because they're buffoons. Everyone sucks. They're well, idiots. I will say that the money transfer from one plane to the next uh, is the dumbest of stunts. I it's thought the, it was pretty cool. It's the most expensive stunt of all time, right? It was to that day. Yeah. And like, <laughs> really? That's it? You yeah. spent all the money on that? <laughs> wow. I am underwhelmed. <laughs> it would have yeah. been better if somebody would have gotten hit in the head with a briefcase. Right. If something happened. It's just a well, guy going from plane to plane. And the 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 thing that made it the most expensive is that Sloan's like, well, it's only going to work if he doesn't really wear a suit. Which is and not his cool. jumpsuit is so baggy that the wind blows it up in such a manner that there would have been a million different ways to conceal a shoot. Right. It was just a dick move it's turned into move. the most expensive stunt that had ever been done to that time. And completely unnecessary. And it has zero impact on the film. Right. Completely unnecessary. I mean, like you think about the greatest stuntman of all time, Jackie Chan being, you know, actor stuntman and all of the things that he's done that are ridiculous stunts. Yes. Uh, almost died many, many times on his own volition. Like, well, I wouldn't wear a parachute either, uh, but I wouldn't also use a safety line, and I would just jump from the airplane to the other airplane without, uh, you know, I can jump that far because I'm Jackie Chan. They had to plug a hole in his head because he got hit by a helicopter. Right. He's been struck by a helicopter. What? Um, All of his stunts? Cheap! Seriously cheap. Like, he just jumps onto things. He doesn't need... Fucking airplanes. Four airplanes. Four airplanes to shoot a 30-second sequence that is completely underwhelming. Like, they just hijack the plane. That's it. That's end of the movie. Or end of that. You don't need another plane to oh. hijack as well. Uh, you know, it's dumb. Um, but the acting is is shit. Uh, uh, What's-his-face? Um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy guy, who I like so much. Um, Ball rats. Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker. Oh, it's just awesome. Uh, what's her name from Northern Exposure? I don't. The gal from Northern Janine Exposure. Janine something. something. Yeah. Who knows? Um, and then obviously. Chesty McBoobacan. Yeah. <laughs> and then just obviously. That's another. Stinks. And the fight scene on the mountain with them in the helicopter. Uh, b like, now you're in the helicopter. Now we're in the helicopter. Now the helicopter's on the side of the mountain. Now you're not on the helicopter. We're on top of the helicopter. All over the place and like the bad one-liners. Oh man, I love Cliffhanger. Yeah, I think that I didn't. It's, there's like a subconscious level where I saw it at the theater uh -huh. and was so disappointed by it that I still kind of hate it <laughs> secretly. <laughs> like that. I, that was really where Stallone turned the corner into just making shit movies. He made some real shit movies after that. Boy, real, real shit. Throw Daylight. mama from the train. Or not throw mama from the train. Don't stop her. My mom will shoot. That was before. Was it? Stop uh, her. My mom will shoot is a, is a, is a, that's a 
diamond compared to fucking cliffhanger. <laughs> Screw you, man. Cliffhanger's awesome. Well, you, well, apparently you haven't seen Stop or My Mom Will Shoot re- le- recently, sir. Jackie, why didn't you uh, put cliffhanger where uh, I did? It was just kind of boring. Really? I thought it was over the top, nonstop, pulse-pounding action. It I, is, but it's all stupid. It's seriously yeah, stupid. It's, it just didn't make the cut for me because, you know, there were better movies out there, things that, okay. that grabbed my attention a lot more and... You know, I I just don't like. Okay, here it is. Mm-hmm. I don't like rock climbers. No, no, I don't blame I, me on that either. Like, I've never met one that was pretty cool. I've only met ones that are kind of dick. Because it, the rock climber has the huh. same mentality as like marathon runners. Like, oh yeah, I was just out uh, rock climbing. Like, well, great, thanks for fucking telling me. Every time you go rock climbing, they just want you to know. That they were out rock climbing earlier. You should so, just be honest when you say that. Like, I was just rock climbing. I was like, yeah, I jacked off twice and ate a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's We all bad. have our own things, yeah, right? Yeah, I had a, it was a wild morning. <laughs> got some, I got the heart going there. Yeah, and, and it's that that just keeps blocking that cliffhanger all right, for me. Okay. And, you know, I'm not going to say that when the lady fell and I think it was like a teddy bear or something follows her uh-huh, down. Uh-huh. That was pretty funny. And it was supposed to be like super sad. Super dramatic. And I'm like, ha ha ha. And the entire thing stems from their wild hot tub party, like Oliver Reed hot tub mm-hmm. party the night before where things may have gotten a little swappy. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then they go, uh, Michael Rooker brings his girlfriend up on top of fucking Mount Everest. That he has, She has no business being up there at all. And he basically gets her killed. Absolutely. And then blames Sylvester Stallone. He's like, what the fuck, man? You brought shitty ass equipment and a lady that didn't need to be up here. Yeah. How'd you even get up here? How did you even get <laughs> uh, my knee went out? What are you doing <laughs> that your knee would go out like that? Last time I saw you, we were banging. Yeah, we got into a swingers party in the hot tub. Today's not rock climbing day, bruh. No, it's rest up. You know, I would never go to a swingers party. Uh, okay. Because I would be afraid that, you know. Nobody would pick me. <laughs> I just have to sit there by myself. Like the the only other available dude would just be like, "Oh no, I'm not going there. Get up and take off." And I'd be like, "Oh." As as doc, as the great Doctor Steve Brule would say, "Yeah, uh, wine was invented by the Romans for orgies. Orgies are no fun if nobody wants to do it with you." <laughs> yeah. Now that's like my biggest fear about a swinging party. Like, right. I don't want to be that guy that's like, oh, I'm alone. Okay. I'm just going to get my, my clothes on and go home. Well, I think the fans are going to uh, uh, not agree with you guys. We got so much love for yeah. Cliffhanger. Everybody loves Cliffhanger, but you too. So, yeah. Jackie, back to you. Number six. Dun-dun. Red Sonia. Oh, no. That was Conan's song. Man, what's the opposite of year in review? Because that's where I'd put Red Sonia. Oh, I love this movie. I fucking hate Red Sonia. So boring. The sword fights, the fancy costumes. The sword fights. Uh, Yeah, right. Conan the Barbarian was there. They threw all those bitches into the the never-ending pit of sorrow and then shut them up in there. My problem with Red Sonia is it should be awesome. It should. And... Somehow they managed to make a movie that is just painfully boring for me. I just, it's like, you know, uh, you've got all the elements. I love Swords and Sandals movies, and Red Sonya just doesn't 
like no what? she has the best mullet like a lady mullet yeah ever absolutely in this movie uh-huh and you know i just uh is it bergman sandal bergman yeah yeah the the evil lady right, right. yeah she's just so hot she's so hot and in her little leather outfit with the diamonds across her face, you know, to cover up the scar. And and the entire plot of the film is about a uh, uh, lesbian rejection, basically. Yeah. Like a stalker, like sorceress lesbian stalker movie, yeah. which is kind of weird. It's weird. <laughs> Not common plot. Why are you trying to end the universe? Because she wouldn't munch my rug. Because she said no. What? That's a little. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, the ultimate punish was being raped to death. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, a spooky ghost shows up and gives you some powers. Uh-huh. And And her name was Red Sonia. Uh, I named my dog after that. You did name your dog after that. And uh, I have no problem with that because the character Red Sonia is awesome. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a, uh, a, a female Conan. Why not? Yeah. Uh, she kicks ass. Uh, she looks at and all sorts of uh, the fun that accompanies that. Uh, it's just, what did you guys do here? Did you not think of having actually in any adventure? It's just them. Like, it's like that first four episodes of game of Thrones where people are just walking around. I think it, yeah. In this time period too, just, I think all of the sword and sandal movies were either, so ridiculous they became fun again, mm-hmm. or they were this. Right. Because John Milius did such an amazing job with Conan mm-hmm. that it didn't happen again until Peter Jackson did it. Yeah. And a lot of these films suffer from the exact same thing that Red Sonja suffers from, and that's just trying to make it not stupid so you inadvertently made it boring because you didn't really have the budget to do what you needed to do. And they did not make it not stupid. It's supremely stupid. Like, the ulti- the mega weapon that uh, that Sandal Bergman's character gets that we have no explanation on how it works. Yeah. Uh, it just, like, it just goes. It looks cool. It's a green yep. glowing ball. And I would totally have one in my house. It's powered by light. Uh, I guess so. If you keep it in the dark, like the and the, like, the people that were the keepers of the mega weapon are idiots because they could have eliminated the plot of the movie in an instant before. Like this mega weapon, we don't want it falling into the wrong hands, or frankly, any hands at all, because it only does one thing: it blows everything fucking up. Uh, maybe destroy it. Maybe and try it's that. Like in a cave above something that could destroy it. Too. Right. Like, right. We're gonna hide this here, and in case somebody comes, we'll yank this lever, and it'll destroy it. Uh, Just yank the lever, or drop it in a hole that nobody can ever get it out of. Don't something. have an elevator for it, you dum dums. Yeah. Ugh. I will say that the one thing I hated about this movie was uh, the little emperor boy, the Ernie kid. Reyes Jr. Ernie Reyes Jr. Hall of Fame stinker actor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he uh, was super annoying, and I just kind of blocked him out until just now. And I'm like, oh yeah, that little fucker was in that movie. Yep. And this is sort of an unauthorized Conan sequel. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's Kaladar, even though he's Conan, right? Basically, right? Right. They were they they made as many connections to that as they could, saying we don't have the rights to Conan, but this is him. And the other Conan sequel is the same fucking babysitter plot that you're like, I don't want to watch Conan watching kids. That's not exciting. You know what may have changed Red Sonia for me completely and made it awesome? And it's and it's an element in film that we don't 
discuss enough. I mean, we do, but but people outside of film, um, you know, watching and analyzing, thinking about what this film could have been. Had you changed one thing, it's devoid of a good score. And if it was scored well, like Conan is, because Conan is just fucking awesome. And you're like, yes. oh my God, shit is kicking ass right now. And the, and the score behind that is a big part of it. Uh, the, the score to Red Sonia is fairly empty. It's, it's generic and bland and plain. And I think that that gives uh, a, 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 a feeling to the film sure. overall that may bring it down. And if they just change that, I wonder if, we, if I would be singing a different tune. I would say uh, that, you know, pun intended. You've grabbed a piece of its general emptiness. Mm-hmm. The shots are empty. Right. The spaces are empty. Yeah. There's just not a lot there. Right. That's where what holds it back is that symptomatically speaking in the production, they just didn't have it. So everything feels that way. The music's too little. Everything happening is not enough. So, mm-hmm. uh, But I, I, I still respect your choice, Jackie, uh, because there is a large contingent of people that still think Red Sony is awesome. A lot of people love this movie. Yeah. Man. So I, I don't I don't fault you. You're not wrong. It's just it, dude. How do you fuck up swords and sandals with me? And they and they did. So man, I hate Red Sonia. Sammy, number six. Number six for me. For hire. For hire. Starring David Hevener. David fucking Hevener. Nice. I didn't think David Hevener could get better. More <laughs> doofy and awesome. I've never seen anybody that's like turned doofiness into charm like this guy. It's un it's unbelievable. But in this one he gets there. Like he he, he exceeded himself again. Uh-huh. And it's when he's decided like you find out that him and the main bad guy are actually former friends and it shows a flashback sequence of them playing basketball together. Uh-huh. And he's playing basketball with a fanny pack on. <laughs> right. Like what do you need in there so bad that you're not taking it off for a game of ball. Like my Carmex. Hold on, guys. I need to get some lip balm. Like, no, you can't. It's a timeout to timeout. Put it over there. Right. You're not going to be bombing him up while you're Ding a guy up. Like, just like you got like you put a hand on his back. Like, hold on. Hold on, bro. I got some. My lips are dry. So I got to check to see I didn't drop my keys. Yep. They're still in there. I've got one of those Kodak instant uh, yeah. disposable cameras in here too, you know. And the, everyone that I know that was really huge in the fanny pack, it was just full of cigarettes. Right. So that's what I wonder if he's got in there is just like all these cigarettes and then <laughs> he's getting busy with defense and they're all smashed up. <laughs> right. It's like, well, that's dumb, sir. Hold on, guys. We need to time out. I need to take a smoke break. Oh, my smokes are broken. <laughs> oh, they're all smashed. Like, well, don't play basketball in a fanny pack. <laughs> and his job... He doesn't have a job. That he's for hire. That's <laughs> it. Hire for hire for what? I uh, what? What do you need? Well, I can do it. I'll do it. Uh, you want some like gravel moved from here to there, like wheelbarrow work? Yeah, I can do that. You want your taxes done? I'm for hire. You want me to be an assassin? Uh, I'm for hire. Whatever it is, <laughs> I have to save the city. Okay, I'm for hire. And the movie's like that. It's like. It knows that he's this doofball. The guy's like, all right, well, we're going to bring you in. We need you to save the city. What do you want? And he's like, a million dollars? A million dollars. <laughs> like, question mark? 
I nobody's ever asked me that before. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I mean, you would be you would think that there would be a lot of demand for just for hire the business, but uh, you know the phone hasn't been ringing a lot. I'll yeah. be honest, since I opened up a couple months ago, you're the first that's ever said anything about compensation. So and a million dollars, <laughs> million. Maybe. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, a week ago, uh, the gravel guy, he needed a gravel moved over from here to there. Uh-huh. He asked me what did I want, and I said, a million dollars? <laughs> and he didn't like that. He laughed. He thought it was funny. <laughs> he was like, well, I'll give you 12 bucks an hour. Yeah, right. Uh, no, for hire is rad. Like, he, he, just the concept. He has business cards that he leaves behind. And all they say is for hire uh-huh. and a phone number. Nobody has a fucking clue what this guy's <laughs> job is. Like, I'm a waiter, dude. For hire for what? What do, you, what do you want me to hire you for? Whatever you need. How about I hire you to fuck off? <laughs> What's that going to cost? I got a 10. A million dollars? A million dollars? <laughs> oh, you got a tenner? I'll take that. <laughs> uh, it's awesome. David Hebner is just fucking Yeah, David great, Hebner man. is awesome. Who how the fuck nobody knows who that guy is? Like it, he's in like 20 movies all by him. Yeah. And then he does other stuff too. Right. Like he he acts professionally some would say. Uh uh-huh. as well on the side, so it's like you've seen him in episodes of this, he's been in episodes of that, but then he makes these movies on his own where he's the most strange hero ever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, he's great. Number six for me. Uh, kind of a... I'm surprised Jackie hasn't come up with this one either. Uh, Ghoulies 2. Uh, yeah. Is this the one where he, he gets the house and... The amusement park, where the ghoulies go to the, the fun house. Oh, yeah, okay. And save the carnival. Like, these little monsters... From another dimension, I think that's where the ghoulies come from. They come out of the toilet. Well, yeah, the toilet, yeah, Justin. You know, sometimes, uh, they they've come into the world, the, our world, wherever they're from, sure. whatever ghoulies world looks like, and hitch a ride. Like their first step is, well, we're at a gas station. There's a a travel trailer right there. Let's get into it. We kind of murder people. Sometimes I don't know what our motivation is, but then they end up saving a carnival from going out of business because it corrupt, you know, uh, a businessman. Hey, I'm an accountant and you guys aren't uh, pulling your weight enough. Well, we're making money. It's fine. Well, it's not enough. So I'm closing you down. And like this guy's like life passion was being the owner of this fun house. Sure. And so the ghoulies come in and they start murdering people inside the fun house, which makes the town be like, this shit is awesome. Look at these little, the, like they, they don't think it's real, the, the townies, but they think it's fun. So it saves the carnival having murder take place inside. Yeah. Of it. Uh, the ghoulies franchise is just awesome. It I fucking love it. It's such a strange, I haven't seen him in a long time. I need to revisit the Ghoulies series and the Critters series. Yeah. I, it's been about the same amount of time since I've seen both of them, and it's been over 15 years. Yeah. I, well, the, the, I think Critters is a horror movie. Uh, Ghoulies are completely dark comedy. Uh, just not horror at all. Making 
you know, subtle statements about things uh, and, and being fucking funny and fun throughout. Yeah. I remember the first or second critters poking fun at tropes a lot. Okay. All right. All right. One of them. I'd like to revisit the critters too, but uh, we still got Ghoulies three and Ghoulies four to get to as well. Jackie, which I've heard are both awesome. Uh, Wynerski did uh, Ghoulies four. Oh, there's going to be boobs in it. Yeah. Well, maybe. Um, But yeah, I, I just, I, I fucking loved the second one. Uh, what a interesting. Anytime you can make a film inside of a carnival fun house, that's a good location. You've got things you can do inside of that. And the carnival element in general uh, of having films inside of a carnival, weird people, uh, you know, there's something new going on constantly that you can work with. Uh, I, I just I think that's a really great, unique location to, to film in. Totally backfired with Big Top Pee Wee, though. Oh, yeah. No, that didn't work out. Yeah. But that's a circus, not a carnival. But it's the same sort of idea. You get a lot of the same elements. No. Because carnivals don't have, like, elephants and shit. Yeah. uh, Tigers. So you'd think that the circus would be better because it's got a carnival with it and more stuff. Uh, Circus has uh, uh, guys with fez hats on tiny bicycles uh, or motorbikes. Uh, Carnivals have... Denim vest wearing mullet dudes. Which do you think is more awesome? <laughs> Showering's optional. Showering is optional. I tripped over a carny one time. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Was he uh, passed out drunk? I he was taking a nap in some tall grass. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to cut across like there was this real open space and like because they kind of make them into a ring. Uh, okay. And I was like, fuck! I just want to get to the other side. I'm gonna you know fucking go off the radar here. I'm just going to cut straight through the middle. Uh-huh. And I was cutting straight through the middle, and it was pretty tall grass, and all of a sudden I was like, Wah! and I go down, and this car, and he's like, ah, hey. And I was like, <laughs> fuck. I can't be like, why are you sleeping there? Because he could be like, why are you walking here? So we neither one of us really said anything to each other. We just like kept on keeping on. We were, <laughs> we were both doing the wrong thing, right? <laughs> uh, bizarre. Jackie, number five. Go, Speed Racer. Go, uh-huh. Speed Racer. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not. To, I'm not surprised uh, to hear Speed Racer's name called today. Not at all. I didn't put it on my list because we just talked about it as the only reason. Uh, but it was as good a movie. It was as fun as experience as I had watching a movie this year, probably. Yeah. yeah. Jackie. I, well, I liked the visual effects. Mm-hmm. Um, the kid was a great Speed Racer. Yeah. I liked the storyline about the brother who was a great racer and then right. became racer a secret X. agent. Matt Matt Fox. Matt yeah. Fox. Played, yeah. Who did a great job with his uh, action sequences. And uh, I don't know. Just visually, that movie is just so cool. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just and it moves fast enough that you're you're not bored. The visual effects keep your attention and. I don't know. I just I just really enjoyed it. Uh, it's a great script. Uh, great acting. Uh, great action. Hilarious. Um, beautiful. Like, it's everything that the Wachowskis can be. Yeah. Uh, and we want from them. Failed horribly. And not a lot of people think it's a good movie. I think it's fucking fantastic. Yes. It's, it's a very good movie. So, yeah, uh, Speed Racer being in year in review. It's tough to put year in review, Speed Racer, 
on a year in review of bad movies because it just isn't. Yeah, I couldn't put it in either spot. Right. I couldn't put it in my favorite movies that I saw this year that weren't bad, and I couldn't put it in the bad ones. Right, right. But, yeah, it's it's fantastic. I love it. I will watch Speed Racer at any point in time. Like, the next person who walks up to me and says, you know, I never saw Speed Racer. Okay, well, I know what we're doing today. Oh, yeah. I, and, you know, I kind of I felt the same way you guys did. It wasn't a bad movie. No, it's it's a good movie. It's very but good. I liked very it so good. much. I was like, you know, I'm just, I know that this is supposed to be the year in review of bad movies, but we did do an episode on this one and yeah. I really, really liked no, it. So I, I'm going to put it on the yeah. list. No, it's really, really fucking awesome. It is just so awesome and rings all the right bells for me. Hits every single one of them. It's like Red Sonia, the opposite of Red Sonia. Oh, it's all the stuff that I fucking love, and you executed it perfectly. So thank you, Lana, and uh, the other one? I don't... Lily, maybe? Yeah. Jim Wynerski. Yeah. Lana and Jim Wynerski. They're, they're good people. <laughs> no, Lily. <laughs> Lily and Lana, yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Awesome uh, shit. Yeah, Wachowskis. Do that. Not and I, I liked it so much ascending. that I tried to watch Sensei and I couldn't get into it because it was too slow. Yeah. What does that have to do with? They, it's what their most recent project is Sensei. They're doing Sensei. They did. It got huh. it got the rug pulled out from underneath because it, it took too long to make and they were spending too much money. Yeah, that that I saw like three episodes of it. It sucked. Uh Sammy, number five. Number five is when Naked Killer shows up for me. There you go. All right, Naked Killer. My number nine. Your number nine. God damn, was that thing action-packed, ridiculous, and just so much fun. You know, it's like uh, a movie that we haven't gone to at all. Uh, uh, Ricky, the story of, or Ricky, oh, the story of Ricky. Yes. Like, that level of over-the-top insanity at all, like, constantly. It's not, there's no monsters or weird shit, uh, you know, makeup work like Ricky, oh, but just that the pacing uh the visual element to everything and it's over the top completely over the top uh the the title um it's called naked killer yeah <laughs> was the killer naked no no i oh then i'm not watching it now <laughs> they've even got two naked ladies on the front of it <laughs> yeah, yeah right it's odd that it's almost like two movies too because it it's is. got the detective uh-huh. side thing happening the whole time, which is still in and of itself a lot of fun. Cause that's where the guy eats the dick, right? It's just, it's such a wild movie. They're, they're piecing together where these elite lady assassins are, what, what they're doing. And, uh, because that, that's, that's what it basically entails is, uh, these trained hot ladies. They're like honey pots, but also trained ninjas. Yeah, they're they're actual specialists. Yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they don't just line it on juries and then bang people because God, that's such a weird they situation. Cut dicks off, apparently. Uh, so yeah, no, it is too. It is like a bizarre detective movie mashed up with a La Femme Nikita ninja movie. Yeah, so. And it has an unofficial, like, it's unofficially a sequel, spiritually anyway, a naked weapon that happens. The, the same guy makes several uh, years later, like nine years later. Mm. But it's too much La Femme Nikita and not right. enough of this stuff. Right. So we watched both of them, and that one wasn't near as much fun. This thing hit it on the head. 
Yeah, uh, n- Naked Killer is what I would uh, call banana business. Yeah, like it, it fits the genre of banana business for sure. So good pick. My number five to end the show is we did an episode of, of uh, John Candy, Eugene Levy. Who else we got? Everybody from SCTV except for Rick Moranis. I don't know if Dave Thomas was in it. He was in SCTV. Oh too. yeah, Dave Thomas wasn't in it. Uh, Speed Zone. Cannonball Run 3. Yes. I fucking loved it. It is, it's not Cannonball Run 1. It's just not. I'm sorry. But uh, my God, what a shift from Cannonball Run 2 to the Speed Zone. Cannonball Run 2 stinks on ice. awful. Cannonball Run 2 doesn't work at any level. Yeah. All of the jokes that they thought were going to be funny. And one of the things they do in Cannonball Run 2 that stinks so bad is that they just they beat you with these jokes that aren't funny. Like the inside of the little car, the gremlin mm-hmm. with Jackie Chan and uh, Jaws from right. Richard Kyle, Richard Kyle. I mean, those are, they go back to that joke like six times. Yeah. It's like, stop it. It's not a joke anymore. It's right. just a set. Yeah. Exactly. It isn't funny. Right. Uh, but the, the thing about a car movie that, this hits is it's not just that you have these charming guys like Burt Reynolds and, and uh, you know, the doctor from, you know, endearing characters that are ridiculous. What you have to focus some of your shit on is doing dumb things with the cars. Yes. And the opening shot with the Lamborghini jumping over the, the Creek uh, is amazing. And then like at some point, a Jag XJS gets catapulted maybe half a mile into the air. I mean, you just, you can't have people sitting in cars making dumb jokes. You have to make the focus of the film on cars doing dumb things. Yeah. And and that's why the Fast franchise works so well is because it's dumb shit being done with cars. Yeah. So, uh, now... Comparing the Fast and Furious franchise to a film that stars Eugene Levy, Peter Boyle, and John Candy is an odd uh, way to look at it. Mm -hmm. But there's some really fucking great stunts in Speed Zone. And at the same time, I thought it was fucking hilarious. The jokes are genuinely funny, which is where it hits. It stays moving, which is Mm -hmm. what you got to do with a car movie. Right. And it's funny. Yeah. And those are the two things you really, really have to worry about. And they got those. Whereas Cannonball Run 2... Missed them both. Yeah, yeah. You just the thing you want done with the cars in Cannibal Run Two is them to run over every one of the actors. Uh huh. But uh, that doesn't happen, so you're stuck there for two hours. Going, I fucking hate this movie. Uh, Frank Sinatra, you did not help here. Uh, please go back to Hoboken. Oh, Shirley Mc- Shirley McLean's monologuing again. Oh, That's what God. I fucking want. Oh Jesus. Uh, yeah, no. Speed Zone's rad, though. Yeah. If you haven't checked out Speed Zone and you like Cannibal Run 1, definitely make sure you watch that. Uh, next week, we'll be continuing the list, as I mentioned, uh, four through one. So come back. Got anything else, guys, before we leave? I just want to say thank you to our Patreon listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we appreciate you and and the fact that you're willing to give to us. Support, continual support. Uh, of the show on patreon.com forward slash Jinger Madness. I'd like to say thank you for all the topless pictures I get sent by fans. Oh, yeah? That's not actually happening, but... Uh, mm. Topless women? It's just the one guy. Okay, I I figured. (laughs) It's me. I send them to myself. (laughs) Yeah. Look at that shit, me. (laughs) It's hot. 
Uh, yeah, it, it, please, by all means, if you want to uh, send us your urine reviews, uh, we would be happy to go through them um, and read them on the air. Uh, email us, talk at sneakermadness.com, or also comment on any of our picks for uh, if you think we blew it or got it right. Let us know on that uh, for sure. We love hearing from you guys about what you like in your bad movies. So get to the chopper. For $1 million? Visit us at www.stinkermadness.com. Follow Stinker Madness on Twitter at Stinker Madness. Please rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you for listening and get to the chopper.